It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theater, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes... Ah, what the heck is his name again? Oh, yeah, Jim. Oh, hey, hey. Hey there, Jim. And... Uh, oh, yeah, Murray. Yo. Hey there, Merman. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Apparently, the rage is not that great right now because he's, he's sounding a little bit more sleepy. Than what I meant was, let's rage on. That's and better. that was his best intro ever. <laughs> God. Well, thanks to all been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members, and all members that sign up will get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible movie. The Olympics are over, but the Film Rage Download Olympics is still on currently in gold is canada u.s is a strong silver contention and france with an early lead in bronze over australia and the uk but this month is not over people thanks everyone for listening go canada go i'm also kind of rooting for france i'm just saying vive la france vive la france Movies are back at Canyon Meadows Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Order concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support, and we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. baby you know what time it is yeah streaming 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 what we're streaming jim and the mer what are we doing you guys are streaming 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 All right, so we uh, streamed one movie this week, and it is playing on Prime. It is called Val. It's a documentary directed by Ting Pu, Leo Scott. Actually, that sounded like one name, Ting Pu and Leo Scott. <laughs> it's directed by Ting Pu, Leo, Leo Scott. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. No, no, it's two people. Oh. Uh, Val is the completely biased account of the life and career of Val Kilmer. It is essentially a puff piece that presents Kilmer as an artist struggling to achieve perfection in his craft. It covers his life from childhood right through to the present. There's lots of interesting footage, especially much of the home video from Kilmer's personal archives, apparently pretty much documented his entire life and has a whole warehouse full of video. The film starts to fall apart when it becomes more of a promotional video and less of a documentation of actual events. For example, as it relates to his divorce from Joanne Wally Kilmer, they conveniently left out the charges of cruelty and infidelity. When they were showing footage of, the, of his Dr. Moreau experience, they left out the part where he apparently burned an assistant cameraman's face with a cigarette. Although that whole segment did not come off the way he thinks it did, as that shoot especially, Kilmer came off as a spoiled brat. On too many occasions, Kilmer was attempted to be presented sympathetically, but really every time just came off 
came off as a privileged and whiny prima donna. The movie seems to try to rewrite history, but fails miserably as Val was who he was, and that is what they should have been presenting. I wanted to see an objective uh, film about Val Kilmer. <laughs> uh, show me the good, the bad, the ugly, and there's lots of all three. Lots needed to be cut out of this documentary, and lots needed to be added in its place to present an unbiased account of a life that was worth documenting. I'm, I'm not saying this guy shouldn't have a documentary, but just not this way. Uh, because of this one-sided approach, this film gets a rage. Oh, okay. And there was, there was so much good in it. Yeah. But well, there was just, it's like, and I realize that he's part of the production in this. Yes, of course. But It's his footage, time, too. And it's his footage, and that's great. But this is a guy that you'd think is at that stage in his, in his life where he can say, you know what, this is everything that happened. Yep. I'm not well, perfect. And, and interesting you say, because in contrast to that, with the Anthony Bourdain film, yeah. we did get to see somewhat of the good, the bad, and the ugly of him, yeah. right? But it was also bad, but I mean, <laughs> it's still, you know, um, it depends on who's making the film and why they're making it. This yeah. is the thing, right? It's the same thing we complain about um, Michael Moore. You get a one-sided documentary and you get his viewpoint. So you don't get the full p picture, but right? Th but then they're funny with him. Yeah, well, sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're so, funny. So this film and is occasionally, and Occasionally you get an interview with Marilyn Manson. Yes, well, awesome. that's the only good things in, in it for sure. Anyways, I'm interrupting <laughs> again. It's okay. This is what happens. This film is, is a raw and unfiltered look at Val Kilmer from his early years through his lens. It was a bit of a surprise to see him so vulnerable at times, I, uh, although I don't think as vulnerable as it probably should have been. I have also loved Val as an actor, but had read early on, I didn't do as much research as Bryce, obviously, that he was a douchebag. So I never really followed his personal life. And uh, interesting that it came up in this doc that he, he was known to be a douchebag, although we didn't get to see it. Uh, so this was a, a, a bit of an eye-opener for me. I did not know about his cancer and where he had been for so many years. The journey was in sometimes very creative and showed the true artistic talent that Val always had. I wish they spent less time showcasing scenes from the doors because that movie was not great. Uh, it, was, it was great... Uh, he was great in it, actually, but the film was not great. Uh, listening to Val speak... With his raspy voice, I did feel it added more intensity to this film. Still got to say this again. Wow, his vulnerability, it shows in this film. Uh, I like the project a lot, but a number of the home movies, which I'm going to disagree with you on that uh, shot, uh, were not great quality. And after a while, it just kept getting tiresome for me. Of, of all the decades of film he captured, I kind of felt some of the quality could have been better and it could have been better chosen, to your point. You could definitely see the artistic creativity that this film was bringing forward in parts. And his tributes to his family members were heartwarming. Ultimately, I liked this film, but I did not love it. I'm glad I saw it because I do really like Val as an actor and I'd like to I did like to reminisce about that a little bit. Um, and, and when the Mark Twain section came up, I didn't feel the artistic creativity was still there. I just felt, ugh, this film is going on way too long. In fact, there was a few moments like this in the film where I was just like, ugh, get over this. Unlike a lot of docs that are personal journeys, I am now testing how I felt near the end. So as you're, as you're listening, watching a doc, and by the time you get to the end of the film, you're like looking at your watch and wondering, when is this movie going to end? It's kind of a sign that the doc was not a very good doc to begin with. Um, so because... I kind of wanted this movie to be a different one that I got to see as well. I didn't hate it as much as Bryce. Uh, I did think it was a low meh, but I did have a favorite line. Every boy wants to be Batman. They don't necessarily want to play him in a movie. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a good line. Yeah, I, I found I there was a lot of stuff I did like in this, but it's mostly because... I like I like Val Kilmer as an actor. Like if you list off some of the films he's been in and you see some of his acting chops, he is an amazing actor. I'm not uh, I can't disagree with that. What I I I don't want to watch a 2-hour Val Kilmer commercial. 
Yeah, that's that's basically what it was. You know, <laughs> that because he's paying for it. Oh yeah, I, and <laughs> maybe. I, you know what? I I just like if I made a documentary about my life, I'd put everything in. It's like you know what? That's this my is me. life. This yep. is me. Yep. Like it? Don't like it? Mine would be about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could make a an epic, you know, twenty part mini series about my life, and it still wouldn't capture the juice. Juice. All the juice. You had a lot of juice. I do love juice. <sighs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, apparently, that wasn't the best pick for our streaming this <laughs> week. <laughs> Although it did cause us a bit, a little bit of rage. So there we yeah, go. It was fine. Okay. Well, let's talk about what we saw in the cinemas, and the Murr is going to take us on to the Suicide Squad. I am. I was actually looking forward to this. Because, uh, you know, big comic book fan, big DC fan. Uh, Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Boomerang, Peacemaker, and a collection of cons at Bell Reeve Prison are joined the super secret, super shady Task Force X. Never heard that before. As they what? are dropped off on a remote, in- enemy infused island of Quarter Maltese to fight something bad. It's bad, okay. It's directed and written by James Gunn and starred, of course, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, and John Cena, and Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, Mer's boy. So blink if you miss, blink and you might miss him. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, this was uh, weird. <laughs> As you might think a James Gunn movie would be. Like, these villains that are this squad... Just the weirdest characters I've ever seen before. One threw polka dots. Nice. Another guy detached his arms. Nice. <laughs> like, a I, shark I, that I, talks. A, shark, a talking shark who wears pants. He was the best part. Exactly. Voiced, of course, by Sly Stallone, who was a good friend of the. And director. we didn't even need we didn't even need subtitles for him talking, so that was no, good. which was also good. <laughs> um, yeah, he was bloody and it was really funny and had a little dip in the middle there. Of, a kind of side story with Harley Harley that we didn't really need to see, but other than that, yeah, I loved it. I, I was a Mondo. Nice. Bricey, you want to go next? I guess. I guess. Guessing he's not a Mondo. Huh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, director James Gunn has a way of making a film edgy, action-packed, and funny all at the same time. It is a balancing act that he seems to have perfected in this effort. He got a darn near-perfect cast to play with. Uh, from Idris Elba to Viola Davis to John Cena to even Sylvester Stallone are all perfectly suited to their roles. Entertaining romp that does not let up. Not a big fan of our ultimate villain in the form of a giant starfish. <laughs> nice, Starro. Other than that, I have very few complaints. This is as much as I could wish for from a summer blockbuster. It was a high meh. Meh. High meh, huh? Yep. Hmm. That is All high right. praise indeed. That is high praise indeed, because you know the tone in his voice was monotone. I thought, and it wasn't mondo tone. So it, he really did kind of surprise yeah, us it was on this working one. Its way down to a I know, right? And then it just kind of it kind of yeah, there. exactly. I liked it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's happening now. Okay, well, Idris Elba, Viola Davis, and Taka Watiti. Oh, I yeah. sense a mesmerize he off was, coming he up, was in it too, yeah. but don't quote me. I need to say this right off the bat. DC is dark and deadly and made for me. MCU, on the other hand, I'm actually getting really tired of, and I don't know even know if I'm going to enjoy the Marvel next one that's coming out. That's the problem. Marvel is just way too Disney-fied. James Gunn knows how to create villains and anti-heroes probably better than any director working right now. The writing in this motherfucking humorous, smartly written, and quick film. So many things were happening all together at once. And basically, from the beginning of the film to the end, I had a shark-eating human flesh grin on my face the entire movie. The fact that we got to see this in real IMAX made it even better. This was filmed in real IMAX, people. This is... The type of superhero movie that I actually love. Well, actually, action films in general. After the first 10 minutes, 
You have no clue what's going to happen, and I'm already hooked. The characters were quirky and fun. The comedy made me laugh out loud on every mark, and the action was violent, gory, graphic, and awesome. So many times in this movie, I was like, hmm, so much love and care went into every death scene. I fell in love with James Gunn all over again. It was like we were on our honeymoon. Was there some parts that were corny and stupid? Hell yeah. But then this was easily made up for by another scene that was amazing and shows how creative and unique DC films can be. Apparently, I want to see R-rated superhero films and not PG anymore. On top of all this, getting to see John Cena knocking every line out of the park and looking fucking sexy tight in his tidy whities was delicious. I say this very rarely, but I can't wait to see a sequel of this amazing reboot on Suicide Squad with a completely original name. Suicide Squad 2. Totes. This film was the best DC superhero film I've seen in years. This film was motherfucking kick-ass Mondo. And my favorite line in the movie, I don't like to kill people, but if I pretend they're my mom, it's okay. <laughs> Which he did. The only thing I kind of wish more from this movie is that we didn't get Mr. Polkadot more. I think there was a really good serial killer in there that we really didn't get to see. He was very Yeah, we, we basically got two things from Polkadot. He takes down a tower and then yep. in the, and then he throws some in the, when they're in the uh, like the office part yep. there. And that's Yeah, we needed more Mr. Polkadot. We Polka needed Dot. more, right? Mr. Polkadot yeah. could have been better. Yeah. But, you know and what? He, as a character, he was great. Like every time he said stuff, too, yes. was fantastic. Whether, you know, he was to, you know, saying, "How can you not remember I can't even remember his name." That. So he, but to, you know, I thought you were the crazy one. I am. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, you know what? It's too bad you didn't see this with us, Bryce, because I think maybe you would have changed. Have a seat. Did you see it in IMAX? No. Okay, well, no. it's this is an IMAX movie. People yeah, need no, to see it this was, in it IMAX. It was good. I enjoyed it a lot. It was so, so okay, so what kept it from being a Mondo then? What was it? The, the stupid villain. I, I, you you, I you didn't like the giant, the giant starfish? I thought that was the best and, thing about this movie. It, I'm, it, they didn't just invent him for the movie. He's an actual DC character. I've seen, I, I've seen comic not, books. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean I've that it's good. I've seen comic books where like Superman The CGI guys, was awesome. They fight this like... You know, alien starfish is the it's, size of King Kong. It's literally the best villain I've ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't and he shoots out facehugger. Yeah, he shoots out, he shoots out little time. You know what? I'm seeing on social media too the the um, baby um, manta rays yeah. kind of look like those facehuggers. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. It's uh, totes adorable. Totes adorable. It's a high man. All right, well. Well, apparently we liked it a lot, people. Especially me and the Mer. There you go. But maybe we need to talk about one that maybe we didn't like as much. Yeah, it was all right. Like, yeah, but not well for you. Say maybe you. it's exactly the same. But we went and saw a movie called Dream Horse. Yeah, Dream Horse is the story of Dream Alliance, a horse that is bred by a small town Welsh bartender. And with the financial help of the whole community, makes it to the races and competes against some of the top horses in the country. It is a simple, straightforward, underdog story with zero surprises. It is a feel-good comedy with the quirky characters you would expect in such a film. Where it excels is in the acting. The cast is superb. Tony Collette does what she does and shines. Carl Johnson, Owen Teal, and Damian Lewis are very good as well. It is a story that we have seen before. But this time in a slightly different setting with slightly different stakes. Oh, yeah. It does lack originality, but the charming cast makes up for that and makes it a meh. Mm-hmm. Merman, you want to go next? Sure. Well, uh, this actually happens to be uh, the kind of movie that I actually love. It is. It, British. It, it is British. It's It's witty. It's got a lot of funny characters in it. It's heartwarming. Had me tear it up at the end. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all I need. It's a good flick. It's all I needed. And I don't even really like horses that much. I do. 
Like I, I well, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're, you're, a little your too bank, much. Your bank account says you do too. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like I mean, raising a horse, like I don't know, doesn't seem that, that exciting to me. But the fact that the whole town chipped in, including you know the old lady with her like tea cakes and whatever, mm-hmm. and they they all get dressed up to go to the to go to the derby. It's like, and they ride in a freaking sh- uh, a bus, a nice. charter bus. It's like. It, it was golden, and I love Damien Lewis. So that's um, a Mondo for you? Yeah, it had a good happy ending. It's a total Mondo for me. Nice. Excellent. Awesome. I have a feeling mm-hmm. we've got one Mondo, one Matt. I think I might know what's coming. <laughs> Maybe. You might. Maybe not. Uh, so the Welsh countryside is beautiful, let's face it. Uh, Tony Collette is amazing in everything she does, yes, she is. even when she's pretending she's Welsh. You know what I'm saying here? I don't think I need to go into it too far, but she's not Welsh. Well, I believe they tried to That's get That's why they're actors. They I believe, act Welsh. I believe they tried yeah. to get Catherine Zeta. And she failed with her Welsh accent. That's all well, I'm saying. I believe that they tried uh, to get Catherine fine. Zeta-Jones, but yeah, she, looked, she looked nothing like I'm the real I'm just tired person. of that. I'm just... You're... You have a, I don't a know whole planet let, let to pick actors, from. Let actors act, man. Yeah, they need That's to right. act. So, so let them act. Let's, don't let's, try and get them to cast Tom to, Hanks as Tom Hanks. He can't act as anything. He's got to be what he is. No, no, so no. He can, no more. No more characters. No, just, it's got to be Tom Hanks as. Be Tom as many Hanks. characters as you want, but if you're gonna try and fake an accent, make sure it's good. Uh-huh. And it wasn't. It wasn't Welsh. Uh-huh. As most of you know, I do not like sports or sports-adjacent films. And I don't like movies about horses. So combined, and there was a lot of hope for me to love this film, there is a lot of horses and a lot of sports, like plot and theme. The character development was done, though, amazing, with everyone of the syndicate having a defined character and we knew who they were very well i felt there was perhaps a little too much tony collette talking to the horse and perhaps too much story they tried to pack in with jan's quote unquote tony's parents and her relationship with daisy and howard relationship and his wife and how did i and just too much fucking horsey stuff and not horsey play which might have made this a better film but just horsey stuff the film was again 20 minutes too long which is i guess a new thing with films these days it's kind of like if you're gonna make a movie you better make it two hours or more yeah um is there not any editors that are actually working during covid because i have a feeling with all the movies we've seen lately that the editors were just maybe off not working. The story was typical and predictable as most sports films. Uh, But the characters made this heartwarming and endearing. But as we neared the end, I just kept looking at my watch asking, when is this horse going to win? And this film will end, which makes this film, which should have probably been a rage, but because I do love character development and this film had a lot of it, it gets a man. Was actually worse though than what the commercials made it look. As I thought this was going to be funnier. There was some humor. There was. But not much. Whoa. I knew nothing about the movie and I was pleasantly surprised. And whoa, horsey. Too much for my liking. Eh. I will add though that yeah, it was predictable, but that's because it was based on a true story. They told the I story. Ha- of I have what a feeling they happened. put stuff in there. Well, it, they they just didn't expand on. They they just had like little pieces in there in the story. It was kind of like they kind of told almost too many little stories within the story, and then every time she went to go and talk to the horse, I'm like, this is just dumb. Ah, uh, the the when she talking to the horse, that's not dumb at all because that's how it is. That's yeah, it was just dumb though. Okay, well, that's I right. did every, I didn't like it. Every every person that deals with horses talk to their horses. Of course they do. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. I could wa- I could sit there and watch a movie with someone talking to a horse all day. And if they're and if they're walking it at the same time, oh, oh god. I think I'm going to get on that script right now. Oh, uh, yeah, start write writing that piece of shit for sure. sure. I think <laughs> I think I could get that made. Get on it, girl. Get on it. Yes. Okay, well, 
Bryce didn't get to see this film that we're going to talk about next because he has a job where he has to work evenings. Yeah, and he so a, he we feel a real sad job. for him. Yeah, one, one evening and it happens to be Tuesday night. Hey, Brenda, can we move the, the, uh, <laughs> the Calgary <laughs> Underground Film Festival uh, events, off of, events off of Tuesday so I can go? Well, on, the, on the plus side, up. you can go to the clown thing on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to oh, see Killer okay. Clowns. I, I, ain't clown thing. The, I ain't going to that. So we, we are going to talk a little bit about, about the Off the Cuff event and the movie called Swan Song. I think we should be talking about the Off the Cuff event moving from Tuesday to any other day so I can go. Ah, poor baby. I, I Hey, I'm not going to be... Um, I feel sad for you. I do. That should this, be my rage this week. That may would change you your go. rage. We don't nah, even know what it not, is yet. It's not going to be my up. rage. So, uh, Swan Song is about a formerly flamboyant hairdresser it takes a long walk across a small town to style a dead woman. Doesn't that sound awesome? Sounds like it sounds like a movie that was made for Bryce. It's it kind of too bad. It's he got didn't a get lot to of walking it. in it. Yep. So, uh, and I cannot pronounce his name properly. Uh, Udo Kier. Udo Kier, as usual, was brilliant. He's funny, engaging, dramatic, and fantastic. And he's a fan-freaking-tastic motherfucking queen. This film is about love, hate, fear, loss, redemption, forgiveness, and everything else you need for a a uh, gay man's reflection on life and coming to terms with everything that brought him to where he is now, penniless and living in a nursing home. Udo does an amazing job of showing us every emotion one person can feel in a matter of time in a movie. I had a smile on my face through this entire film. I loved every minute in every shot in this film. This film was fun. This film was funny. This film was great. It was a journey of one man and how he found solace and peace as the journey as spectacular as he was. This film was Mondo. Over to you, Mer. Okay, then. Uh, well, as my friends at Cuff will know, although I love hanging out with them and doing stuff, I don't always... You know, like their choice in movies, because <laughs> I don't. Really, You're more mainstream, buddy. I don't really skew towards the unusual or weird. Uh, this one was actually pretty good. Um, Udo was well. In a word, he was fabulous. Good Everything choice. about him was fabulous. Starts off with just you know, pair of pants and a white shirt, and end of the movie, he has a full leisure suit and a hat and jewelry. It's like yeah, a chandelier rings. on his head. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, yeah, he was absolutely fabulous. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, you know, as usual, she was a, she was a cold ass biatch. Yeah, she was, and she did it well. She did it well. It took me a while to actually recognize who the dead woman was. I, I should have recognized her, being a TV. Person. Isn't it Linda but, Evans? Yeah, but yep. what has she done besides TV? And Dynasty was like thirty years ago. It's like maybe her I career is dead. Oh. Baby, I barely recognized her, but yeah, Linda I think Evans. Dynasty was over thirty years ago. <laughs> at least they brought well, it back. They brought it back at some point. I think it's uh, still on the air now. Was but, that like early eighties? Uh, yeah, no, it was a good story. I mean, I had a big problem with the, some of the events of the film. I e, you know, this funeral home is basically, you know, paying this guy to do this dead woman's hair. Um, yet he has to walk like a hundred miles to the funeral home. We talked this, about this, this Murray. Yeah, but, the guy who is getting him to do it yeah, is, his, is the lawyer of the estate, he and he's have, a total he dick. He should have insisted. It's like he's in a freaking retirement home. He doesn't a hundred miles away from the place. He doesn't want like, him to do it because the, the guy's taxi. Gonna, it's like, the guy's going to get twenty five thousand dollars of her money, and he did not want him to get it. Well, he hates this guy. He should have put it in his stipulation. There. It's like I'll do it if you give me a ride. Yeah. Well, but then we went at the movie. We went, yeah, the journey That's he went thing, on. He walked through the entire movie, yeah, Bryce. This he was a movie made for the you. Whole movie. There was no horses in it, thank God. No, there were any but there was there some was poodle some, play. There was some cattle. Yeah, there was cattle. So there was, you know, farm animals there for you. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, not quite a Mondo. I'll give it a meh. It was good. The last thing that, um, just so we know, the last thing that Linda Evans did. She mm. was on another TV series called Das Traumschiff. Okay. <laughs> and that was in 1981. Oh, she did Dynasty after that. 
No, she mustn't have been in the reboot of Dynasty. No, she oh, wasn't Dynasty in the reboot. Dynasty the reunion, went. the Dynasty, the reunion was 1991. Dynasty went through the early 80s. Yeah, through all the 80s. Well, they had a reunion in 91. Well, they were off the air okay. for a year, but yeah, since 91, I don't think she's done a whole lot. No, anyway. so for for them to get her in this movie is actually pretty cool. I guess. Right? She was dead. Why? <laughs> she was dead. Why is that cool? I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like, if you get an actor, you pull them basically out of retirement to make a movie. That There's got to be something in it for them to, for them to actually do it. And I don't know. The, this was a great film, and I'm glad that she was in it. I think Joan Collins would have been better. I don't know. I was always a Linda Evans fan. I, Linda Collins I, is a bigger I really bitch. couldn't care less Probably because she's got a great last name. That's all I'm saying. There you go. All right, then. <sighs> All right. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Oh, sweet, sweet rage of mine. My rage this week is one that I've probably done a hundred times, but it's just fun to rage over. Sports, biopics, really? This is what we're getting? That's my rage. That's it. I don't like them. I don't want to see them. You're going to win that one. And this movie had no hope of being a Mondo, even if the script was better. It was had no hope. Because the movie was like every other movie. You actually probably said it best. There was no surprises in this movie. It doesn't have to there be. Was, it, that, it was it, a true story. Why, like, why, why, did do I, make, why do I have to be surprised? Why Why do you not why, have to why, be surprised? Why can't why? it just be a well-made, yeah. well-crafted, A movie that you've movie. seen the script a hundred times. It's like, I don't want to watch the same movie again with just different characters and... Uh, Different horse. I do. Like if it's how done many, well. No, and this, yeah. well, this wasn't done well. This I watched the same. Well. It was a meh. You didn't. It wasn't that I well. Was a, I watched the same sports movies over and over again. I get thrilled every single time. There we go. Yeah. No. Well, that's the, the replacements every time. The end of the movie. Well, that's I different. Te- I that's tear up Keanu every time. You tear up in the replacements. Keanu Reeves makes me cry all the every time. Every time I see it, the end of the movie, I tear up every time. Keanu Reeves like makes me times. cry every time. There you go. For different it's, it's reasons. It's inspirational. That's all I gotta say. There you go. I see. I don't need to be inspired. I need to be I inspired do. by movies that actually challenge my senses yeah. and my I and don't. my viewing pleasure. I enjoy those as well, but I'm not a. I'm not. I am a bit of a movie snob, but not a complete movie snob like you. Apparently. <laughs> I, here I thought all this time he was the biggest movie snob, but apparently, apparently I, I, am, I am the biggest movie snob yes, on you this are. show. Okay, well, I'll take that. So you I both, own you, it. You both uh, have no I kind of wish I was, but you put me to shame, my friend. <laughs> I always thought that I could be, but I... You, no. got, you got a lot of learning to do, yeah. Lester. When you. you can become as snobby as me. All right. Ha. Ha. Well, I'd like to go on the record as saying I had no idea what Jim's rage was going to be, but I would like to say that my rage is that we need more sports biopics. Hallelujah. Fuck me now and call me deadly. I mean, come on. I'm just going to list off some. They were all, these were, every single one of these was Mondo. Ford versus Ferrari. I, Tanya. Battle of the Sexes. Borg versus McEnroe. 42. Rush. Foxcatcher. Moneyball. The Fighter. Invictus. Cinderella Man. Seabiscuit, Chariots of Fire, 61, Remember the Titans, Cobb, The Damned United, Raging Bull, and I could go on and on. Actually, all those on. were actually Mondos. I know. And so I don't know why you want less biopics. Well, okay, so why don't you do the homework on all the ones that are not Mondos, and every single one of those, and every single one of those movies that you picked had more creativity in the writing. That was just off the top of my head, those movies. Yeah, well, I could probably, well, I'm not gonna list because I don't want to. Well, yeah, they're not all them. good. No. No, I those mean, were all good. For example, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a new biopic on the Williams sisters. 
Now it's that I Will would see. Smith. Now that's what I would dad. see. Like, I would see that because I'm I would in love totally with the Williams sisters. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more on that. There, there's a huge sexual fantasy built into playing with the Williams sisters yeah, on a tennis court, but we won't get into that today. I don't yours, know where you're mine. going with that, but tennis racket, the Williams sisters, yeah, yeah. on a tennis court. Do I need to say anymore? Please don't. <laughs> Perhaps there's some liver in your horse. I don't know. What are those? Right in a bucket. All right, let's uh, move on. So that was it. That, that, that was, was it. That was that's rage. my rage. There's not enough sports biopics. All right then. <laughs> yeah, that'll make me rage. Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. What's going on, everyone? This is your girl, Julene, host of It Goes Down in the PM. We talk about everything from work, motherhood, local celebrities to comic books. Tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock to find out what really goes down in the PM. All right. Well, this may surprise you both, but I'm going to talk about Tree who what? A little bit. What are you talking about? Um, Dream last, Horse. Last week. Oh, Dream Horse? Last week, we saw Dream Horse, a charming and uplifting British film about a small town in Wales that chips in to raise a, a prize racehorse. While I'm not usually a fan of movies about horses, I really enjoyed this one. It was exactly the kind of film that I like. Quirky, uplifting, and funny comedies about British folk. With that, I present some other light and uplifting feel-good British movies to make your heart sing. Sing. Nice. First up, we have Waking Ned Divine from 1998. Good one, Mer. Well, more than 20 years ago, uh, it's still a timeless and ageless uh, a classic film. It revolves around a winning lottery ticket in a tiny Irish village. It's discovered the ticket belonged to a recently deceased villager some of the local residents hatch a plan to collect on his ticket. It is absolutely hilarious. And I will never forget the image of that naked 80-year-old guy riding on a motorcycle I know. down the road. It's the best. <laughs> Speaking of naked, next up we have the full Monty. Six unemployed steel workers form a male striptease act. The women they make cheer a them on as they go on for the full Monty. It starred Robert Carlyle and Tom Wilkinson and a few others, and it was pretty funny. Is that the? Is that happened to be the mesmerizing Tom Wilkinson? By the way, I don't know. Is he on the list? I'm pretty I sure believe he is. Next up, we have one you probably won't agree with. Probably. Hector and the Search for Happiness. Yeah, that was not. This good. was one of my happy movies, starring Simon Pegg, Rosamund Pike, Christopher Plummer, and Stellan Skarsgård, some of my favorite people. Uh, basically, he's a disillusioned psychiatrist. Uh, he feels like he's a fraud because he can't fix anybody's problems. So he embarks on an international quest to find the right formula to bring him joy and vitality. I left the movie actually feeling really good. I saw this at SIF, and it was my favorite movie from that year's lineup. Next up, we have Calendar Girls. Isn't that the same thing as the... It is the female version, kind of. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was an ensemble cast featuring women like Dame Helen Mirren, Dame Julie Walters, Dame Penelope Wilton, and Geraldine James. It tells the story of a group of middle-aged Yorkshire women who created and sold a nude calendar to raise money for leukemia research. As a side note, this is actually my favorite part of England. My English relatives are from Yorkshire, and I have traveled extensively throughout the countryside there. Did you get to see any naked, no naked middle-aged women. women? No. That's disappointing. Uh, I highly recommend Harrogate and York, which has a thousand-year-old church and a huge wall. Nice. And I got to see a soccer game there, so it, I enjoyed my time in York. Uh, finally, one of my favorite films in the past decade, What We Did on Our Holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, starred uh, David Tennant, Rosamund Pike again, Billy Connolly. Apparently, you're a big fan of Rosamund Pike. I am a huge fan of hers. I think we we are as well. A, fa a family of five is off to Granddad's big 75th birthday party at his uncle's estate in rural Scotland. 
The parents have separated and basically tell their children not to mention it to anybody. But of course, kids talk. <laughs> they love and can talk with and do anything for their granddad. Unfortunately, a trip to the beach is too much for the old codger. The kids are then tasked with what to do with their dead granddad and the media circus that comes from it. Billy Connolly was di actually diagnosed with Parkinson's shortly before shooting this film hmm. as one of the last films he starred in. I'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes in the film. The truth is, every human being on this planet is ridiculous in their own way. So we shouldn't judge, we shouldn't fight, because in the end, in the end, none of it matters. None of the stuff. That's all I got. That's awesome. So, Bridget Jones didn't make it? I didn't put Bridget Jones or any of the Hugh, any of the Joneses, any of the Hugh Grant movies. There was Huge about, Grant. There was about five or six of those. Ah, oh. no, I, I didn't put those. They're not your favorite. They're not my favorite, but they are still uplifting if you like that kind of thing. All right. Oh, well, there's going to be some discussion, no doubt, right now, because we had three people who are mesmerized in this movie. So, we're all going to take a piece of paper and a pen, and we're going to write down... Really? Yep. Here's a piece of paper, Brycey, Brycey. We're going to write down who was the most mesmerizing from, from the Suicide Squad. And as you all may know, for those of you just picking up this first as your first episode, we have a significant amount of people on our mesmerized list so we're always trying to take some off they may be mesmerizing but if they're up against somebody that's more mesmerizing then they get punted off the list because apparently if it's unanimous if it's unanimous apparently because they're not as mesmerizing as mesmerizing as we thought so so there's three here so if we all yes. agree on the same one if we all agree the on the same one to get, get booted. Not, yep so on our mesmerized list this week, we have Viola Davis, or should I say, motherfucking Viola Davis. We have Taka Watiti, who, although he was in this movie very small amount, he was he's awesome. still he's still in it. And we have Idris Elba, who's also on our mesmerized list. So, can I get a count of three, and we'll show our our names, and then we'll let all the listeners know. Okay, so ah, uh, one, two, three, go. And Murray picked. Who'd you pick? What? I don't. Th I think you even didn't want him on the mesmerized list in the first place. Well, I know I didn't want Viola Davis in the mesmerized list. Oh yeah, I don't like her. Ah, uh, well, apparently no one leaves because me and Bryce picked Viola Davis because, because she was awesome. Because she like was ten completely minutes she was mesmerized. in the movie. Uh, yeah, and she yeah. stole the show, yeah, and every, every time she and was every on. time she was on, I was glued to it, and she, I could not look away. You could not be more evil than Viola Davis was oh, in this movie. She is a. Uh, I don't use those that type of language, but if I did, motherfucking I, Viola Davis. <laughs> she just is. She was awesome. I I can't see her not. Okay. I know Idris Elba is pretty awesome too, and he was fantastic yeah. in this. Look, yeah, so was talking with Titi. That little scene when he finally spoke in that that second part of the scene. Yep, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, like, oh, it yeah. really was. Yeah, but I'm sorry, it's Viola Davis. Yeah, well, it's I know I, I don't I'm still want we still we still have to find a movie with Viola Davis and mm -hmm. um, uh, now I've lost my. my Francis McDormand. That's what we oh, need yes. to find. Is we need to find that movie. And Murray can't be here on that episode exactly. <laughs> because he, as much as we all love Francis McDormand, but if Francis McDormand and Viola Davis are in a movie, that is going to be the toughest decision of our lives. Total bloodbath. Yeah, total bloodbath. Isn't that funny? Because remember when we started the mesmerized list, we actually had. We took a long time for we started getting some women on the list, and now I think the women on our list are stronger than the men. So yeah, for the most part. Yeah, cool. All right, would well, you got anything else you want to bring forward? I think we should talk about James Gunn. Uh, I don't believe he's do think? done enough. I don't think he's done much, but let's I pull him we, up. What I the think heck? we I think we discussed this. Did on we Friday? Oh, yeah, maybe he, we did. He doesn't have more than seven credits to it. But doesn't matter. Like, we got to get him. We can put him on deck. Yeah, put him on deck unless he fails miserably. Uh, I believe his next movie is Guardians 3. Yeah, well, 
That could knock him off. Okay, so oh, his first movie is uh, Super, which was Mondo. Super was Mondo. Uh, movie 43, which I don't think it qualifies because was he, it's, he was one of the many one directors. One of the many directors. Yeah, yes, so it doesn't count. That doesn't count. And then it's Guardians of the Galaxy, which the original, which original was, Mondo. was Mondo. Yep, and then the second one, which was Meh. It was Meh. And then he's already off it because Bryce just gave Suicide Squad a meh. So he's got to start uh, over, baby. Start doing more stuff. I wish I liked it more. So he's I in, like James Gunn, though. Yeah. Well, you really did like that movie, too. So he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, as Merced. And then he's doing a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> what oh, the fuck is that? Awesome. <laughs> and then he's making a movie by the sounds of things about Peacemaker. Yeah, there, which, there is a follow-up. To it. Yeah, yeah, which I, I, I mean, I think even two weeks ago when we saw John Cena in another movie, he was awful in it, but he was awesome in this movie. Yeah, John John Cena actually is better if than he's, if he's given the right character. I mean, yeah, he is. He's funny. Yeah, like he is really genuinely funny. The scene of him and his tidy whities man, that was like one of the best scenes I've ever seen in any movie. I was just like. The shark is about to eat the girl. And they have all this drama that's happening. Yeah, and, and, and he's walking tiny. around in his box. He's like, it's like, you couldn't even put on pants? So good. In a jungle. In a jungle. Yeah. It's like, hey, if you're a peacemaker, you can do what you want. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing that, that James Gunn, he's also an actor. So, I mean, we don't want to go into too much James Gunn in one night, but we may have to look at him for... Uh, for uh, his acting credits. Mm. It might take a while for him to get that. Right? I don't know. I didn't look at his list, and we're not going to. All right. <laughs> Anybody didn't else? Look, not gonna. Not gonna. Not gonna do not it. Gonna not do gonna, it. gonna do it. Okay. What about? We got anybody else? Nope. Anything from anybody in the movie? You know, you got a look on your face. Your a querying look on Bryce's face is happening right now, listeners. I think something's brewing inside of his peanut brain. No, I got nothing. His non-snobbery brain. Of nothing his. at all. I, I thought I was a snob, <laughs> but apparently I'm not a movie as big a movie snob as I thought. That's I, true. Because I'm a sucker for the sports biopic. As am I. Fuck me up the goat ass. That's all I got to say about that. Mm. All right, so small. We didn't get any satisfaction from the mesmerize off this week, but I, you know what? I think we got to find a film. Well, there isn't one, but that, we got to take some mesmerize off. Let's oh, get, yeah, yeah, let's we, pick we got, some. We got to narrow that down. Yep, let's do it. We're gonna plan plan for next week, people, that we're gonna have a mesmerize off because we're gonna watch a film and see. I don't know who it's gonna be yet. Yeah, well, well, hopefully we can stay tuned, listeners. If you got an idea, tell us. Go to our I website, kinda, look at our mesmerize list, and find a movie that they're all in. I kind of want to get something. one with one that's like one on one again, so we can get somebody off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's tough when there's three or four of them in the movie. Well, and there's three of us voting too, so yeah, that's another so that's, tough one. If so if we did add on Murray's Nate, is it Fillion? Yeah, Nathan Fillion. If we ever did add him on the list, yeah, he then Murray's gonna vote him for he, everybody. He would yeah, I'm, he hasn't made enough movies anyway. Yeah, it's not. He's TV. Yeah, I don't even know what a Nathan Fillion is. <laughs> I couldn't pick I him out of a lineup. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that's it for the list this week. Right, yeah. Just another faceless TV actor. I may have to reach over there and slop him one. Bitch slap him. His pie hole. All right. Last week on Rager Dare, both Jim and Bryce pulled. The 28, I want to guess, 2008, I want to get comedy called Role Models. Oh, it's a comedy. From my ice cream bucket of rage. This week, Bryce is on his own to face Jim's sweaty, meatless bag of rage. Let's check in with Bryce first to see if Role Models helped him grow as a person, or did it help grow his rage? Role Models. Uh, it's funny. Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott have comedic chemistry. Watching them go back and forth was, uh, for the most part, pretty hilarious. I recommend this to anyone looking for a check-your-brain-at-the-door and not taking itself too seriously comedy. And young Bobby J. Thompson as Ronnie was alone worth giving this a look. He was fantastic. Uh, this kid was quite amusing. 
If it, I, it's, I, I gotta look it up, see if he's been in anything since. But I'm sure once he got older, he wasn't. It's funny because that you say that because when I was watching it, I was actually thinking the same thing. I'm like, what else? What, what else has he been because, in? Because he is just like, if, if, if he's been in a he, lot, actually. He steals every scene. He's he's, he's uh, he was in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Was he? Yeah. Was he? Was he Earl? No. <laughs> Have you seen Me and Earl? Girl? No, he's not. Definitely not him. I think he was one of the friends. Uh, he was in. He's been in a bunch of TV stuff. Yeah. Was he me? He's not you either. He was in a movie called Knucklehead. Knucklehead. And a movie oh. called Snowman. Snowman. He was on Thirty Rock. Cla- Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He's been in a lot he's, of stuff. He's been in okay. He was in. I hope he finds. He was in again. the 2009 version of Land of the Lost too. He was a. Tar pits, kid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what, um, like what in the last like two or three years though? Okay. Like, so still, 2019, like, he was in a TV show called Living Rooms. Okay. And he was in a TV show in one episode called Clash of the Vikings. But he's coming up. He's got at uh, the end of the tunnel, joining yeah. little homies. A family's furry and a rich Christmas. These sound like These sound terrible, terrible movies. I have a feeling that. As much as, uh, you know, that's disappointing. We so want like Seymour Bobby J. Thompson. Film, yes. They're all one-hit wonders. Uh, He's doing TV. Let him. Yeah, yeah, but according to us, TV doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Not so for a movie review podcast. <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying. Uh, if it weren't for the ending, which I'm probably being a little too hard on, this would have been Mondo. But it stand as it stands, this was a very funny and very high meh. Thanks, Murr. I forgot how amusing this flick was and probably never would have watched it again had it not been for you. So thanks again. Yeah, whatever. What say you, Jim? Uh, well, first off, this cast was epic awesome and jane lynch is oh jane lynch is, i didn't even talk about it is she's fucking so hilarious oh, she's so good her handling of the bagel wiener was enough to make me pass milk like substance out my nose but the film wasn't that funny i don't know what bryce was <laughs> laughing at through this movie i think it was oh, supposed was to be fun. funny it was funny or at least funnier with Sean William Scott, McLovin, Ken Jeong, and pretty much the entire cast they had, this should have been way, way, way more funny ah, with all this talent. Uh, who wrote this, by the way? Because, yeah, it should have been funnier. There was a few moments of funny, though, and nope. some human growth and redemption. For those looking for a role model, I did not love this film. I did like a few things about it, but not enough to move the needle more it was a very small almost baby sized still a rage no because it was not funny there wasn't any funny i didn't laugh at sean william scott once at the whole movie he was he was dead in this movie oh he was and paul rudd wasn't funny the only things that were funny william scott playing off each other ken jong wasn't even funny ken jong wasn't funny he wasn't funny i will get the only thing that was funny in this was bobby j thompson Thompson and jane lynch these are the only two things that were funny in it and that doesn't make a movie Oh, it Man. It, it no. can't make it a rage. You can't. You can't tell it's me a, that you didn't. I laugh said it was a baby. It was a baby rage. It's, you it's can't. Baby I rage. can't measure four minutes of laughing at. Well, maybe maybe seven minutes of laughing. Maybe more. In an entire movie that's supposed to be funny, and it was just not funny. Everybody in it was fine except for uh, McLovin. I, he was just no. He was everybody. McLovin. Yeah, fine. See, this is this is where you go to sometimes. Oh, they're no, no, fine. They were better than they're fine. fine. I, I they laughed. were just fine. I laughed through the whole thing. I laughed maybe, well, I laughed at Jane Lynch and I laughed at Bobby J. Thompson. That's I, it. I did as well. And I also laughed at Paul Rudd and I also laughed at uh, Sean William Scott. Well, I'm really glad were, that you enjoyed amusing. it. But it very, Murray, it very did its amusing. point with me. Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody agreed. Yes, I agree. I, and here's a little uh, trivia Tip for it. you. The writer of this fantastic movie. Yes. His credits in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, Office Christmas Party, which I actually like. Did he die or something? Pixels. Pixels. Oh, God, that movie's awful, too. This Means War. 
also terrible. Just go with it. That's also okay, terrible. Just go with it's bad. Yeah, apparently, yeah, people. That's, that's this, what he did after so role he, models. So he peaked early. That's fine. People do apparently. that. <laughs> or in my case, and in Murray's case. And hasn't worked in five years. Yeah. No, he's still collecting if we can just watch some YouTube clips of Jane Lynch and Bobby, then watch that. I will always That's watch Jane Lynch, but yeah. I didn't. I know, right? Yeah. Not worth is this, this is a person that we all agree on, which is very rare. Yeah, Jane Lynch is awesome. You know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Should we just back it up? No, is Jane Lynch mesmerizing here? I Segment's like, over. Got to do it next week. I like her from TV. That's the problem. Put a yeah, pin in it. <laughs> I can't even list next, two movies. Next, next week, next people, week, we'll be Jane talking Lynch about just Jane. might be mesmerized. <laughs> Only if I can include TV. Well, you, you have to just judge her as a person. Two as movies he's been in. There, well, you, just, you can't veto then. You just have to agree with it what it is. Yeah, just roll with it. Uh, just roll with it, Murmur. Right. Okay, well, what else do we got? So we got to pull something from something for something. Something who's, and something. Who's, 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 who's picking who's the juice this week? I think it's from your sweaty bag. Oh, yeah, you got to pick from my... Oh, my God, Bryce, I just refilled this juice, juicy bag. I think it's over there, Mer. Are you sure? I, I think I put it in there. That's right here. Oh. I think I labeled it. It says oh. Jim's bag. No, that's deer bag. There's another little bag. Oh. There it is. All right. It hit the, it hit the deck. There it's, we go. Pass so it here. I want to hold it high to give you the juice. Here we go, people. Oh, this thing is so full of goodness. Grab one of the little ones, because the, the big ones are kind of, you know, old and stanky in that bag. So you want me to grab a little one? Yep. All right. The I'm little ones little are one. just a little bit more juicy. This is a little one? Yep. Okay, apparently I am going to watch... <coughs> I don't even know what this is. Let me see. What is it? What is Bride Wars? Oh, Bride Wars. You're going to be... Isn't that, isn't that a TV show? Uh, no, it's not, actually. You're going to get to watch a movie from 2009 that stars Kate Hudson, Anne Hathaway, one of your favorite actresses, Candace Bergman. That's Bergen. Bergen. Okay. That her, too. Chris Pratt is actually in this, too. So you have a lot of things to look forward to. That's probably, a, that's probably a groom. It's probably a pudgy... Chris Pratt. It's probably a pudgy Chris Pratt. So you've got a lot of things to look forward to next week when Bryce will be watching a rated G film called Bride Wars. Is it rated it's G? It's rated, rated G. I.e. probably Disney. And did I mention that Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson this uh, <laughs> Don't hold that against them. Yes. Uh, you know what? I was feeling kind of bad about some of the movies that were in mine, but now that you've given this one, I don't feel bad at all. You are you are in for it. I am but so happy. I have a feeling this might not be very good. I have a feeling it's going to be completely awful because I have seen it. Why did I see this? I don't know, but I think my wife made me watch it, but even she hated it when we watched it. No, my daughters don't like these kind of movies either. I trained them well. I raised my children to hate these kind of movies. Oh, God. That was so, this is the most satisfying day of my life, people. Until <laughs> I watch Bryce talk about Bright Wars. Oh, my friends. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Super Rage love to our members, Juline from It Goes Down in the PM podcast, James and Philip for their continued financial support to help us keep the lights on at Film Rage Studios. Thanks to the extended Film Rage crew of Leonard Conlon for her statistic vision photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. People, check out Leonard Conlon on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. For Bex Goos, for her cartooning skills at PotatoLadyPodcastReviews.com. For Tony from FlixX Rated Podcast. For his graphic design. For our verbal masturbation art, which I'm wearing today. For Nat from Crime Time Nerds. For our new Bryce Loves Walking Art soon to be anywhere. The last... Thanks are for our sponsor, Canyon Meadows Cinema. Please go and support your local independent cinemas near you as they need your help desperately as we come out of COVID. Find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. See what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching Film Rage Podcast. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please call 
comment, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage. But no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.